0: Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week.
1: Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining me. My name is Tyler Simonis. And I'm one of the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. For those of you that are regular listeners and wondering where Josh is, he is not going to be with us this week, but will be returning next week because I'll be gone next week. Uh, I have to take my son to a baseball tournament in Las Vegas, and so Josh will be manning the fort next week. So, as always, if you'd like to be part of the program, you can call us. If you have a question or comment, the number is 877-670-7117. You can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. A little box will pop up and just uh, send us an email. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. It's quite interesting, um, you know, this part of the economic cycle, how markets uh, are, are trade with lots of volatility, both to the upside and the downside. And last week was one of those weeks where we saw a big move to the upside. Um, and it's funny, all the sort of talking heads on CNBC and radio or whatever, are perpetually looking for a reason that the market has bottomed. That's like they spend tons of time and energy and resources and looking at data to figure out if the market has bottomed. And then they talk incessantly about it. And the reality is is they don't know. None of that data is going to tell them anything that is definitive. So they're just literally wasting time and energy. I understand they have to fill content on TV, and and that's what they're doing, and a lot of people, that's, I guess, what they want to hear about, but it's just a a noise. You shouldn't be worried about it. There's nothing you can do about it, so control the things that you can control, uh, which is what we try to talk about a lot on this radio show. So, as I mentioned, uh, Risk On was back in vogue last week. U.S. stocks, as measured by the good old S&P 500, were up over 4% last week, about 4.2%. Uh, for the S&P 500, so a huge rally uh, last week. And we're going to talk in a second about why markets rallied last week. A lot of it had to do, of course, with the Federal Reserve. Uh, that's why markets trade in any direction right now is what the Federal Reserve is doing and saying. And so I guess for some reason, they, the markets uh, read some of the, the talking points from Fed officials last week that uh, maybe the Fed will back off. I don't happen to share that view, uh, but... I guess, uh, you know, we'll find out soon enough. International developed market stocks. uh, So think, you know, Europe or Japan. uh, Those markets were up about 3% last week. The emerging markets were also up 3% and small cap stocks uh, were also up 3%. It's very interesting to me that uh, large cap on a week like last week would rip. Uh, with the dollar as strong as it is? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that large cap would outperform small cap, specifically because the dollar is so strong. So remember, uh, small cap stocks, they're small companies by nature. They get most of the revenue, if not all of the revenue from the United States. And so uh, the dollar is not really all that impactful to them. If you are a company like Cisco or big multinational Intel, big multinational company, And you're selling your stuff, goods and services all over the world. Uh, So a really strong dollar makes your products much more expensive overseas. They're essentially about 20% more expensive than they were at the start of the year. Uh, And so that is a big headwind. When you listen to earnings calls, most companies are talking about the strong dollar as a headwind against earnings. Uh, And so... consequently those stocks are going to have to have their uh those companies are gonna to have to have their stocks marked down uh because of that but people love to own large cap stocks because that's what they know uh but they're they i think they're missing out huge to not own uh, small cap in the bond market uh we saw yields move up again last week so the aggregate bond index think of the aggregate bond index as like the s p 500 of the bond world it's a sort of a an index that tracks all different bonds all over the bond market. That was down about 1% last week on a year-to-date basis. The aggregate bond index is down 17.5%. So worst ever start to the year for a – or worst ever year-to-date performance um, for the aggregate bond index and the stock market in one year. Uh, we saw yields in the two-year Treasury markets at uh, 4.48%. They touched 4.6% last week at a couple of different points. And now the 10-year is at 42 So we've s- seen yields... Across the yield curve, move higher. The yield curve is still not steep, but it's steepening. Uh, gold was mostly unchanged, 16.58 an ounce. Gold has been obviously, uh, people talk about it as a great inflation hedge. It's been an unmitigated disaster in this inflationary environment. So that throws that out the window. Uh, oil was down about 1.5% last week at 80 five bucks a barrel and then as i mentioned the u.s dollar actually we traded a little bit lower last week but on a year-to-date basis the u.s dollar is up about 18 percent against major u.s currencies and we're going to talk later in the show about international investing and why that struggle a lot of that has to do uh with the performance of the dollar the dollar is as strong as it is because our central bank is uh tightening monetary policy uh raising interest rates um again, and most of the rest of the world isn't really doing that as aggressively as the United States. Uh, Believe it or not, it's considered um, good fiscal policy to be doing that relative to what other central banks are doing. And so that's why the dollar is as strong as it is uh, against other major currencies. You know, I think we'll probably have to have some short term pullback. But the good news, if you're traveling overseas anywhere around the rest of the world, it got a lot cheaper uh, to travel um, around the rest of the world. Um, so when we looked at the economic data last week, we got quite a bit of economic data last week. And when we look week by week, it continues to weaken. We see once in a while something come in better than expected. But generally, when you look at the economic data, uh, the market, the economy is starting to certainly weaken across all parts of the economy. And so the Federal Reserve's rate hikes are certainly starting to have an impact. Uh, probably not to the extent the Fed would like, but they are certainly having an impact. Uh, we've we started third quarter earnings, um, you know, about 10% of the companies in the S&P 500 have reported. Um, and while we are still seeing earnings growth, it's low single digits year over year. Uh, you know, last quarter, we saw 11% earnings growth. This quarter, we're probably going to see somewhere in the range of 2.8 to 3.2 percent somewhere in there so we're still seeing growth but it's the rate we're going in the wrong direction and the next quarter will probably be the quarter we're currently in will probably be even worse and that it will probably go negative and if you if you look at energy obviously energy earnings up are up tremendously if you if you took energy out of the equation uh it would not near be nearly quite as good um Earnings so far, you know, like I said, 10% of the S&P, not a ton of companies. Consumer staples and healthcare are doing very well. But when you go out uh, to different industries, it's not looking great. Energy earnings growth year over year is up about 120%. So when you look at earnings in general, a lot of that growth has come from the uh, energy sector. Um, so we got three reports, too, on the housing market last week. We got the National Association of Home Builders, Home Builder Index. We got housing starts and building permits and then existing home sales. All three were very weak. Obviously, with mortgage rates over 7% now, um, that is going to continue to be a headwind. And, and we're just seeing the beginning stages. The housing market doesn't, you know, you don't get price discovery immediately in the housing market. It takes longer. Uh, um, so I would just tell you this. Um, you know, people think I'm this perma bear in the housing market, and I'm not. Um, I just think housing got way overdone, and in, in we live in a place where housing is such a big part of the economy. But uh, don't buy the sales pitch. And this is the sales pitch that I've been hearing lately out there. Uh, this is the sales pitch. Marry the house, date the rate. Um, these people clearly have not studied history. When you look at long-term uh, history of interest rates, we are probably in a – long-term move higher in the interest rate environment. So if you think somewhere out in the future, you're going to buy a house with a 30-year mortgage at a 7.12% mortgage rate, and then you're going to somewhere get to refinance that back at the rates we saw at the beginning of the year, 3% or some or something of the likes. Um, I, I think that's crazy, and anybody selling you on that is is not uh, – working in your best interest. So, um, and then the labor market is the one bright spot in the economy. employment's at three and a half percent. But what that means is it allows the Federal Reserve to continue to raise interest rates because they really want to tame inflation. And Jerome Powell studied Paul Volcker and Paul Volcker uh, paused when he was killing inflation in the early 80s and then then he really had to ramp it up. And I know Jerome Powell doesn't want to repeat those mistakes, and with a three and a half percent unemployment rate, he can he has free reign to keep raising rates. All right, is uh, uh, if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call. The number here is eight seven seven six seven zero seven one one seven, or you can send us an email by going to our website northwestquadrant.com dot com. When we come back, we're going to talk about what does what does a market bottom look like? How do markets find bottoms? So stick around.
2: it's Lars to tell you why now is the time to get in and see my friends at Volvo Cars Bend. Why? Because there finally is a brand new load of XC60s and other great Volvos on the way to Volvo Cars Bend. Go now and get your name on one of these exciting new Volvos. And here's more great news. The prices on pre-owned vehicles are finally coming down. And Volvo Cars Bend has a lot filled with quality trucks, SUVs, and cars for you to pick from. You know their motto is always do the right thing. That means you get great service before during, and after the buy. And don't forget, Volvo Cars Bend is a truly local business, supporting one local charity every single month. Get in now and reserve your XC60 or any of the other amazing Volvos that are arriving. Volvo Cars Bend, where we know luxury. On the north side at Highway 97 and Grandview and at VolvoofBend.com. That's VolvoofBend.com. And be sure to tell them Lars sent you
3: we love it here and we think you will too welcome to alpine meadows beautifully kept landscaping alpine meadows has one bedroom apartments and two and three bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer beautiful decks patios and designer kitchens alpine meadows is conveniently located next to the dallas california highway and minutes away from orchard parks nature trails a place proud to call home google alpine meadows townhomes professionally managed by norris and stevens You enjoy the quiet life, but
4: you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road, professionally managed by Norris & Stevens
5: individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-466-9625. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-466-9625.
4: Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? Zantac may be linked to these cancers. Bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. Call 800-379-9550. 800-379-9550.
0: Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi weekly e news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you at least an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your financial plan, whatever is on your mind. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get one of those uh, scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement review. All right. Um, It's interesting. The bond market... Goes back a lot longer than the stock market, as governments uh, have <laughs> had to borrow money for quite a lot of time to feed the the Ponzi scheme that is most governments. Um, and so, uh, most most people are, are very fixated in declines in the stock market going back years. But um, this year in the b- bond market, so the the global bond market, government bond market, goes back really probably to seventeen hundred. So I have a, a chart looking at the global. Global government bond market um, going back to 1700, and this is the fourth worst year in 300 years for the government global bond market. So if you're wondering why your bonds are down, first, it's because you own the wrong bonds, uh, because not all bonds are down year to date. And so that could have been fixed. And if you listen to our show, you would have hopefully done something about it or had your advisor do something about it. Uh, Or maybe he said we did not, he or she she said, we don't know what we're talking about. And obviously that's being proven wrong. So, uh, but the, the bond market, government bond market, long bonds are down sharply from a price perspective. And this is the fourth Worst year ever, going back 300 years. The worst was, this, was the popping of the South Sea Bubble. And then the second worst was the end of the Civil War. Um, and, you know, you say to yourself, "Well, why are we getting such an outlier event? Well, we had unprecedented manipulation in markets by central banks for the, since really to, the year 2000, 2000. And so when that comes out of the market, you get unprecedented mu- Moves to the to one direction or another. And so this shouldn't be a surprise, not a surprise to us. Uh, when you take away all that government stimulus, you're going to have outlier events, and that's exactly what we're getting uh, so far this year. There was a really good article last week in the Wall Street Journal uh, by Peter Rudiger. Um, it says day tra- the title of those day traders go back to their day jobs as stock market spoons. This is exactly how it played out. In the late 90s, if you remember, we had that tech telecom media bubble in the late 90s. Uh, the market rolled over in March of 2000, and then the NASDAQ proceeded to go down to 82%. Um, we had lots of people in the market, because that was when the beginning of online trading started. We had lots of people in the market that had no idea what they were doing, but they thought they were the next Buffett or Jim Simons. Uh, and then the... Interest rates started to go up price price mattered, uh, and people realized really quickly they were very not, they weren 't good at this, and they went back to doing whatever they were doing before for a living. The same exact thing is happening now when you look at the trading volume at the Robin Hoods or any of the uh, retail Outlets, uh, you can see that the activity is way, way down because people have stopped day trading because they realize they have no clue what they're doing. And if you looked at the earnings report uh, from Goldman Sachs last week, you know, Goldman was sort of getting into the retail world, and now they said we're pulling out of that because it's just not, not good business. Okay, so let's talk about how markets find bottoms. Um, the first thing I will say is that there has to be a lot more persistence of negativity. So when you think about, you know, people people will say, well, XYZ stock is down X percent, 50%, but that doesn't necessarily make something cheap. Stocks that go down a lot can still go down a bunch more. And so, um, you know, th- th- that's the thing that's important to know is that when you look at market cycles and the psychology around it, uh, currently right now, there's just, I hate to say this, but there's not enough negativity and there's not enough fear. And when you look back at market bottoms, those are the two things that are very persistent, tons of negativity and fear. Um, and there's still a lot of optimism out there, and and there's I, I guess good reason for it. But if we continue down the path of where the U.S. economy is headed, you know we're gonna we're gonna have more negativity and more fear, uh, and that's when that is peaking. That's generally when markets are bottoming. So if you look at the anatomy of of sort of a a bull market. Um, you know, you get that sort of first initial launch and then the the media starts to give it some attention. Then there's sort of this enthusiasm behind it where the retail investing public then comes in. And then the greed part of our brain kicks in um, where, you know, oh, wow, you know, that fear of missing out, all that stuff, uh, whether it's in the housing market or in the stock market, and then we get this sort of delusional part of the market where, you know, nothing really is making sense. We're Companies are trading at a hundred times sales, stuff that you know you never thought you 'd see, and then you have people saying it 's different this time you don 't know what you 're talking about, Tyler or Josh or Warren Buffett. you know value doesn 't matter. all that matters is growth. all that matters is things like the total addressable market, all of these things that this time it's different. This is a new paradigm in the markets, and it 's not different. Economics are the same gravity's gravity uh and and then we get this sort of peak enthusiasm, there's no more buyers out there, and then the market rolls over. We get this sort of denial in that first part of the set-off, and that's probably where we are now. Then we get this bounce where you say, oh, see, the market's bouncing. Things are going to go back to a quote-unquote normal, uh, which we saw this summer where we saw that you know markets hit a low in June, and then we saw a rally through July and August uh, because people thought it was going to go back to, like I said, quote-unquote normal, uh, and there was people participating again. And then markets roll over like they're doing now, and we get this sort of beginning of the fear, Uh, and then fear will eventually lead to enough people being scared enough and negative enough where they capitulate, and that's when the selling really accelerates. So you go back to the financial crisis, the 2002 event, um, where you get this capitulation. Markets bottom because there's really no more sellers. And then you sort of have this price discovery where t- markets uh, start to trade higher, but you, you have to have just rampant fear, rampant negativity, and almost like this despair, despair, like people are despondent about markets. That's when markets find bottom. And we're not, anywhere near there. And, you, you know, I talked earlier about how many people are trying to find signs of a bottom. You know, we got a big rally last week, but, you know, if earnings continue to decline, if we continue to see a deceleration in earnings, we're going to still see year over year growth. But in the fourth quarter, we'll probably see negatives earning, earnings growth. Um, stocks are going to come down with higher interest rates. So Remember, interest rates price everything. If you have higher interest rates combined with declining earnings, stocks have to reprice lower. So yes, we will have rallies on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week, even month-to-month, maybe even a quarter, but you go back and you look at all bear markets, with lots of rallies in them, they they transpire very similarly in that you need to have more fear and negativity before you eventually find a bottom. Just because stocks are down a lot, certain stocks are down a lot, does not make them cheap. Some of these names are zeros. They'll be cheap when they're zero. Uh, but so, you know, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is that don 't get lured into this like i 'm going to go back if things are going to go back to normal interest rates are he- higher to stay uh, and, and that means a repricing of earnings which are also declining, which means stocks have to come down from a price perspective to be realistic and then the, the market will probably overshoot because the fed will overshoot uh, in terms of interest rates, and so just be ready for that um, and you know anecdotally when you think about how your your peers' behavior out there people are still sort of doing the same thing uh, and that has to change too in order to find a bottom all right if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter josh and i do a short five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month Uh, if you want to get added to that list go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com send us an email just say add me to your e-newsletter list when we come back i'm going to tackle some of your email questions so stick around
2: 10 KBND Ben Can you tell me the big deal that came along in 1962? The Space Needle? Really? No.
3: The development of the pocket computer. Oh,
2: come on.
3: Oh, you mean the grand opening of Wilsons of Redmond.
2: Now that's a big deal.
3: It's the 60th anniversary of Wilsons of Redmond. We've negotiated exceptional anniversary values.
2: We're talking big deals on Sutherland and Englander mattresses, plus Instant Comfort, the number bed that changes with you.
3: Get an additional two $200 $200 to $2,000 instant factory rebate on select heirloom, Clifton Marshall luxury mattresses, handmade in America.
2: Free delivery and special no-interest financing available. See store for details.
3: Our 60th anniversary is a big deal. Big deals
2: don't last forever. Sale ends October 31st. At Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend, we've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local for 60 big years. Since
6: 1999, Auto Network Group, ANG and Bend, has been delivering on the American promise of driving excitement. Hi, Fred Johnson here. Auto Network Group buyers scour the market selecting only the best of the best cars, trucks, SUVs, vans, and top of the line RVs. They have the brands you can trust. Let Auto Network Group match your active Central Oregon lifestyle with the perfect vehicle for things you love to do. The buying experience at ANG g is streamlined. Apply online, get pre-approved financing, select your new late model car, truck, SUV, or RV. And in three easy steps, you can be driving something new. They take pride in their 100% positive feedback rating. Go to angbend.com to see their big inventory and see what other satisfied customers have to say. Or stop in today at Auto Network Group, just behind Target on Robo Lane and Bend. Auto Network Group, delivering driving
5: excitement they've saved the best of summer for last so for avid outdoorsmen, now is the time to get fired up at finn and fire in redmond they have what you need to make your time outdoors more fun while trout season has been excellent the big news is that for the first time in two years the lower deschutes will be open for steelhead whether you just need a few flies or a new spay rod setup, Finn and Fire has it. For hunting, crispy boots are well stocked for men and women, with Vibram soles and Gore-Tex liners. You'll be able to cover the most rugged terrain. Finn and Fire also has a fine assortment of Sitka gear and Mystery Ranch packs, plus all the latest from Benchmade knives. You can even pick up a hard-to-find Yeti Tundra 45 or 65 at Finn and Fire. So stop on by and shop the extensive selection of the best gear while you enjoy a bite from their 18-tap bar. Finn and Fire is truly a fly shop unlike any other. Just across from Safeway in Redmond or at finandfire.com.
2: Today, we have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-611-5252. That's 800-611-5252. 800-611-5252. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm.
0: You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. I'm one of the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Josh, for you regular listeners and Josh Groupies, he is out this week, uh, but will be returning next week where I'll be out. So Josh will hold down the fort next week. If you'd like to be part of the program, have a question, comment, call us 877-670-7117 or send us an email. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and click on the contact us button. So we got a deal in the mail from one of our uh, friends of the show, listens quite often, I guess. David Weimer. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say his last name. Sorry, David. Um, uh, anyways, he sent uh, an article from Think Advisor. It's about the uh, father of the 4% rule. Uh, so I should tell you what I'm, who the father is. So a guy named Bill Bangen who was essentially uh, a rocket scientist at mit i didn't know that was a thing but apparently it is uh he was a rocket scientist at mit i didn't know that was a thing because i was never going to be be that (laughs) uh anyways um uh, and he became a financial advisor and then he said to himself well For all my retired clients, I need to figure out what the ideal withdrawal rate is from their retirement assets, uh, so that they can. I know how much they can take every year without statistically running out of money. So he said to himself, "I'm going to run regression analysis uh, on the market, uh, going back to 1900, and see, you know, using different withdrawal rates and see what the ideal number is." And he came up with four and a half percent, as four point four percent is his number. He looked at, you know markets, including the Great Depression and all these really terrible markets, and 4.5% adjust the withdrawal rate up for whatever the inflation rate is, and statistically you're not going to run out of money. And there's been a lot of talk as of late because interest rates are so extraordinarily low, had been so extraordinarily low that the 4% rule didn't work. Uh, he actually did some more work on it, and he said, not only can you do still do 4%, you can actually do 4.7%. So you know, here's the thing. This is not an exact science. This is sort of more of an art. Uh, and you know, hi- just because you look at history doesn't mean that's going to tell you everything about the future. It's the rule of thumb we go by is to say, you know, l- l- let's take four and a half percent or four point four percent, depending on your age. You know, if you're 65, you can start four and a half. If you st- if you don't start till 75, uh, obviously you can take more because you're closer to to dying obviously so um, there's been lots of talk about that but that's really the number that's really important to to people for people that do what I do or anybody that's getting close to retirement is to say to yourself look how do you know how much money you can take every year well if you're 65 you can start at 4.5% and then adjust it up for whatever the inflation rate is okie dokie let's tackle some email questions we got an email from Dan N in sisters I didn't say your last name Dan but you probably know who you are Dan says my portfolio is a mix of stock ETFs at Vanguard with 50% of my money. The other 50% of my money is in the Vanguard Total Market ETF, uh, bo- Total Bond Market ETF, symbol BND. So that is Vanguard's version, bond market version of the S&P. Historically, the bond holdings have done a good job of balancing the risk in my stock portfolio, but that isn't happening so far in 2022. Is that relationship gone? If so, why? So, uh, Dan, I don't know that it's gone forever. Uh, It is gone this year because uh, if you looked at the duration of the bonds within your Vanguard Total Market Bond ETF, uh, they have a relatively, you know, they have an intermediate term Sort of bond duration, and so I don't—I didn't look it up, but it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of between seven and ten years, the average bond in that portfolio. And so, those are, have proven to be very interest rate sensitive so far in 2022. So, Dan, you probably have owned that bond fund. Let's say you've owned it for 30 years, even or 20 years. Um, that's been a period where interest rates have been declining. And bonds prices and and yields have an inverse relationship. So in the last 30 years, Dan, as bonds, uh, I mean, as interest rates have come down, bond prices have gone up. So... The last 30 years until about a year ago was the golden age of the bond market. It was a 40 year period in the bond market starting in the early 80s that really had been unprecedented from both a yield perspective and a price. The total return of long dated bonds was phenomenal for 40 years until about a year ago. Uh, And so now we find ourselves, you know, we went from the long bond yielding somewhere in the neighborhood of 18% all the way down to under 1%. Uh, And now we're going the other way. We're going back to where interest rates are going higher. And so that means the prices of the bonds within your portfolio, Dan, have to go down to reflect current yields, right? How can those bonds be attractive in the bond market uh, to new investors? Well, if the price of them goes down, down, then the yield goes up. And because you own a basket of them, that has to be reflected in the price of the NAV of that ETF. So, um, yes, Dan, your bond portfolio is probably down close to what your stock portfolio is down. And so, historically, they there was a yin and yang when stocks went down, people put money into bonds and that held up, and your portfolio did, you know, held up pretty well and was less volatile. Dan, if you had been listening to the show, it sounds like you hadn't, you we would you would have heard us say that it's still important to own bonds. Dan, we want you to still have the same risk profile of your portfolio. And our clients that are 50-50 like you still want half of their portfolio to be a risk reducer. Uh, and so what we did with our bond portfolio is to just put it all in U.S. Treasuries and to shorten the duration. Right now, our duration of our bonds is under one year. And so we have pro- positive total return in 2022 with our bond portfolio for our clients. And that's anybody who owns bonds uh, in our portfolio has a positive return uh, year to date because our duration is so short. So Dan, when you look, you can still get a yield similar to the, To the BND, uh, but you can do it in risk free assets called US Treasuries that have a short duration. And so you can either go out and buy the individual Treasuries or you can buy uh, some exchange traded funds. Vanguard has some, SHV is one that you could take a look at. Uh, But um, that is the, the relationship is gone for now. Uh, Dan, if you can tell me when interest rates are going to stop going up, I can tell you uh, when that bond portfolio will be okay. But eventually it will be reflected in the yield. But it is going to be a very difficult period, we think, for some time to come in the bond market. We don't think that the pain in the bond market is over. As long as rates are going higher, we're going to see prices and bonds go lower. And if which most of you own bonds through some mutual fund or exchange-traded fund, the price of those bonds has to be reflected in that on a daily basis, which means the price is declining. Uh, What's so we got another email. What's the difference between a tax free and taxable mutual fund? I see a section on Morningstar called tax free funds. Thanks, Greg and Ben. So, Greg, that's a good question. Um, So tax free would be uh, so taxable mutual. So all all mutual funds uh, depending on what account you hold them in are taxable, uh, tax-free when you talk, when you see tax-free, especially at Morningstar, that just means municipal, uh, bond funds or most likely municipal funds. And so when you think about, uh, there are national tax-free funds and then there are individual states. So like Franklin Templeton has an Oregon tax-free fund. That's just a, just a bond fund that owns, uh, municipal bonds issued throughout the state of Oregon. Um, and so when you look on the tax-free, uh, it, it, it is because they own municipal bonds, which are federally tax-free state tax free. Uh, and if you have city tax, it's free, it's free from those taxes. So, uh, that's what that means. Um, the important thing to know, Greg, is that, you know, it is even, you know, it, it, it taxable versus tax-free, uh, Even there's some occasions where if you own a so-called tax-free fund in a taxable investment account, some of the distributions still could be taxable. Uh, But the other thing is the municipal bond market has seen a ton of pain this year as well as interest rates have gone higher because they are – municipal bonds are not immune to interest rate hikes. So uh, that's not been the most attractive place to be either in the bond market is in uh, the muni market. All right, if you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you at least an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your financial plan, uh, your portfolio, your asset allocation, your estate plan, whatever is important to you, we can talk about it. Uh, So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office here to get that appointment scheduled. The number is 800-743-0988. Or you can send us an email, which is what most people do. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Click on the contact us, send us an email, say, I'd like a free retirement review, and we'll get you on the calendar. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about why bonds should still play a role in your portfolio, especially if you are a retiree. So stick around.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show.
7: hard, but managing your insurance doesn't have to be. The Oregon Division of Financial Regulation has a team of advocates who can help you with your insurance concerns. As the state's regulator of insurance companies, our advocates have in-depth knowledge of insurance policies and the laws that guide them. They'll answer your questions and help you resolve issues with your insurance company. We resolve thousands of complaints each year for Oregonians just like you. For answers to your insurance questions or complaints, visit dfr.oregon.gov or call us toll-free at 888-877-4894. That's dfr.oregon.gov and 888-877-4894. This message is sponsored by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station.
3: happening in-store now, 20 to 60% off unique Halloween decor at spectacular prices. When you're finished there, drop by Spirit Halloween, which is now open and ready to get everyone from kids to adults, pets, even items to transform your home into a haunted mansion. Don't forget Carter's for adorable baby costumes and outfits to get them ready for Halloween. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory Stores, South Highway 97,
2: because everyone needs an outlet.
3: We love it here, and we think you will, too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes, professionally managed by Norris & Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but you
4: like being close to the action. Living That Fits You is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road, professionally managed by Norris & Stevens.
0: Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus. Uh, My name is Tyler Simonis. Josh is actually out this week uh, but we'll be returning next week. Uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month uh, where we talk about markets, what's going on in the capital markets, especially it's, how it's affecting our clients' money. So if you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, uh Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to the e-newsletter list. And that is the only thing that we will send you because we uh, – can't come up with anything better to send you <laughs> um we are we find ourselves in an untenable situation uh and and we find ourselves in this situation because of unprecedented government stimulus uh both at the fiscal you know like the government level where where the treasury uh and then also with the federal reserve and interest rates um and we find ourselves in this situation uh and it's a bipartisan uh problem that we've we've uh, gotten ourselves into this problem uh this situation uh but here we find ourselves so the fed is going to have to continue to tighten monetary policy doesn't matter what all these doofuses on tv want and think should happen uh the fed is going to have to continue to raise interest rates uh because there is a huge gap between the rate of inflation and the rate of wage growth and it's really sort of an untenable situation um So wages have failed to keep up with – even though we're seeing wage growth somewhat, uh, it's not real wage growth because for 18 consecutive months, wage growth has fallen behind – the rate of inflation. And that is just a not a tenable situation. So as inflation keeps going higher and even as we see rate wage growth, it's not keeping up. So the standard of living continues to decline and the fed knows that the only way to deal with it is to kill inflation, which is to kill demand. Um, you know, we've seen since February of 2020, we've seen wages in the United States grow by 14%. Uh, but when you adjust that for inflation, wages have actually fallen and the fed knows that to be true. Um, and so what are what are all the people out there in in the country doing? what are they trying to do well they 're finding new jobs right they're leaving um, and workers who switched jobs have seen their pay increase by seven one point seven point one percent versus those who stayed uh only seeing a five point two percent increase um but that but the the gap between the rate of inflation and wage growth is the highest. We've seen going back to 1997, it's actually higher than it was then. That was the next highest time we've seen. So the Fed is in a position where they can't do anything but continue to raise interest rates. So they kill the demand side of the equation, which means a recession. Uh, in order to deal with inflation. The only thing that's going to kill inflation at this point is a recession, which will kill the demand side of the equation, uh, and then we can start anew. But the Fed and the Treasury is, is, is how we got there. You can you can say, oh, COVID, all this stuff. Well, yes, COVID was a problem, but our solution to COVID was way overdone, like by magnitude of 50. I mean, it was just never, it never should have been as crazy as it was. I mean, the the, you know, the U.S. economy shrank in the second quarter of 2020 by $900 billion, which is a lot. But the U.S. government's response was $7.2 trillion. You do the math. That's always going to be inflationary. Um, well, I guess I'll save this in the next segment. All right. So why do bonds still play an important role in your portfolio, especially if you are a retiree? Well, uh, in years like this, if you're retired where the stock market is down 26% or so, uh, depending on what, what index you follow. Uh, obviously, that's painful for those of you that are taking distributions on a monthly basis because you're retired and you need that money. So what do you do about it? Well, you need to have a place in your portfolio that you can go when stocks are down that is going to be up in value so you can continue to take income so that your stock part of your portfolio has a chance to recover. If you're 100% invested in stocks, um, and your stocks eventually go down 40%, you are selling to create income and you are realizing losses. Those shares you sell are never going to get to recover when the stock market eventually recovers. So I guess everybody in listening to this and my and our strategy here at Northwest Quadrant, you have to agree that stocks are going to eventually recover, which they have in every recession since the beginning of this country. I don't I don't see why it will be different this time. There'll be plenty of people listening right now that will tell me, the Democrats, you know, you tell me all the reasons that it's it's not going to come back this time. But when you think uh, about the businesses that make up the stock market, Costco, McDonald's, Amazon, Google, you know, you think about all these great businesses, are they going to make more money in three, five, ten years? Of course they are. Their stock price will trade higher because of that. So that's what you have to remember. But in the meantime, if you're retired and you need to get income on a monthly basis, you have to have, like I said, a place in your portfolio you can go uh, that is going to be up in value or flat at least so that you can, like I said, allow the stock part of your portfolio to recover when it re- eventually does. So the reason we do it, we we, you, we just say, okay, we're going to have a certain uh, amount of your withdrawals in years in bonds, and in our case, the bonds that we own in our client portfolios are short in duration. They're U.S. government bonds, U.S. treasury, so risk-free, and they are less than a year in duration. When we look at the risk reducers in our portfolio, which is what this asset class is, they have to be true risk reducers. A lot of you have bonds in your portfolio, but you own intermediate, you own corporate, you own long duration. Those are getting beaten up just as bad as your stock portfolio. So they're not serving their purpose. They are not true risk reducers. Um, You know, the interesting thing about this bond cycle that we're seeing is that, you know, almost all of the decline in the bond market or really all of it so far in 2022 has been because interest rates have gone up, which meant bond prices have gone down. In a recession, we usually see a big deterioration of credit. So the lower credit quality bonds, meaning, you know, bonds that have to pay higher yield corporate bonds that um are riskier we haven't seen that the problem with them defaulting on their bonds yet that's the next shoe to drop so if you have long-term bonds you've seen the pain but if you have bonds in the credit markets where you have you know lower credit quality bonds you're going to see pain there so you're going to get punched in the face twice and so you can still do something about it so again it's important to say i'm going to have three four five years worth of my monthly income for retirement in risk reducing assets and in our case one year or less treasuries where you now finally are getting some yield four plus percent 4.4 percent so that if it takes my stock part of my portfolio three four five years to recover I won't have to touch it so I can let it recover that's why bonds are so very important now the next part of that is to make sure you own the right bonds at some point here at northwest quadrant we will be able to take duration risk we will be able to take credit risk but now definitely isn't the time and i don't want to have to look in the eyes of some of our retired clients and say oh I know we had part four years worth of your income in bonds. We just didn't own the right bonds. And so bonds are really, really, really important for you. Those of you that are retired, but the next step is to make sure you own the right ones. You know, the last segment, I talked about a guy who owned BND, which is the bond ETF and that thing's getting clobbered. He obviously doesn't, didn't own the right bonds, So it's really, really important that you own the right bonds, don't uh, bonds and then own the right bonds. All right. If you'd like to be part of the program give us a call. The number here is 877-670-7117. If you have a question or comment, you can also send us an email by going to our website, uh, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Click on the contact us. It's a brand new website and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about international investing and we're going to talk about why it hasn't been working. So stick around.